My Little House of Prayer. So very glad that you could join me today. I hope you will enjoy this message because it is part of the Great Commission concerning our walk with the Lord. This is one of the questions the Lord is asking the body of Christ. Where is your salt? In cooking, did you know that salt enhances the flavor of your food? Salt has a lot of purposes. The Wikipedia says, The role of salt in the Bible is relevant to understanding Hebrew society during the Old Testament and New Testament periods. Salt is a necessity of life and was a mineral that was used since ancient times in many cultures as a seasoning, a preservative, a disinfectant, a component of ceremonial offerings, and as a unit of exchange. The Bible contains numerous references to salt. In various contexts, it is used metaphorically to signify permanence, loyalty, durability, fidelity, usefulness, value, and purification. So as you can see, we are going to see the many ways salt can be used in our Christian walk. The whole chapter 15 of Matthew tells you how to use your salt in your Christian walk. Let's look at Matthew 5 verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So you see, he even speaks of the Great Commission. Salt, even in ancient times, was a necessity in the lives of people. It was important then, and even important now, to have this staple in your seasonings. Food is bland without it. Even the Lord knew this and put its use in the oblations. Leviticus 2.13 And every oblation of thy meat offering shalt thou season with salt. Neither shalt thou suffer the salt of the covenant of thy God to be lacking from thy meat offering. With all thine offerings thou shalt offer salt. Oblation in the Webster Dictionary means an offering or sacrifice, anything presented in a religious worship. In the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance it is pronounced Corbain or spelt Q-O-R-B-A-N, meaning something brought near the altar i.e. a sacrificial present that is offered, offering, or oblation. The Lord created this mineral as a vital necessity to glorify his wonderful name. It brings out the flavors of your food. Jesus is the salt that brings out the flavors or gifts he has given us. Why? So that others can glean off of those gifts he has given us and in so doing glorify his wonderful name. I have a wonderful friend and sister in Christ who heard a wonderful teaching. Jesus was the tree of life. The Father was the tree of good and evil. You have to go to the tree of life first, who in turn leads you to the Father, or the tree of good and evil. The Father gave the Son all power in heaven, in the earth, and under the sea. 
He gave him power to create. Well, Jesus told the disciples that if you've seen him, you've seen the Father. The Father was the knowledge of good and evil. Bear with me. I'm creating a picture. When we are in Christ, we learn how to behave in good and evil. If you are doing what you are created to do, you are good food for those around you. Then you are glorifying your Heavenly Father. If you are not doing what you are created to do, you are evil to those around you. And then you are evil in the sight of the Father and the Son. So let's let Jesus be the salt and bring out those gifts he has placed in us. The next use the Lord provides concerning salt is as a preservative. The necessity provides preserving food to be eaten at a later date as to having to eat it right away. How is this used in our spiritual walk? Jesus preserves our relationship to him. When we allow him to work in our lives, he through his precious Holy Spirit reveals to us the correct direction to walk in. He shows us areas where we need to repent and how to pray, also that we can stay in right fellowship with him, therefore glorifying our Father in heaven. Next, it is you, its use is as a disinfectant. It works wonders in cleaning out an open wound. It burns, but the outcome is absolutely astonishing. It helped me tremendously when I had trouble with my teeth. It's great at healing a sore throat. If we let Jesus apply his salt to our soul, he can disinfect all our soul wounds, lost or saved. We all have soul wounds that need his loving care. We need his salt to help bring us the healing that we so desperately need. Remember, I told you the original word of God was written in word pictures. Jesus said we are to be the salt of the earth. In various contexts, according to Wikipedia, it is used metaphorically to signify permanence, loyalty, durability, fidelity, usefulness, value, and purification. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 through 7. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass, or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Galatians 5, 22-23 but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Do you see the similarities? A Christian friend of mine used to joke around with me and his friends. Where's the love? Jesus is saying the same thing. Where's the salt? 
So let's compare. It's used in seasoning and metaphorically usefulness. Paul starts out in chapter 13 with how we can demonstrate the gifts of the Spirit, but without love, it is profitable for nothing. The first fruit of the Spirit is love. The Lord places a high value on love. It is priceless. His sacrifice on the cross of Calvary was priceless. John 15, 13. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. And notice he didn't say friend. He said friends. And Matthew 22, 36 through 40. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus saith unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Our main motive in our Christian walk should be love. Christ came to earth to lead by example to show us how to live a Christian life, how to let our light shine before men. Wherever I go, I am looking for an opportunity to let my light shine for a moment in time to reach at least one soul for Jesus. In this day and time, people are walking around wounded, rejected, and dejected, hurting. You never know how you can affect a person's life by letting the Holy Spirit show forth his great love to someone. You can't imagine how a simple smile can turn someone's life around. How being obedient to the Lord, we can speak into someone's life. Another use for salt is as a preservative, and metaphorically, permanence and durability. Did you know that in Jesus' day when a baby was born, they covered it in salt and wrapped it tight in a blanket? In the Wikipedia, it says, probably the most famous record of swaddling is found in the New Testament concerning the birth of Jesus in Luke 2, 6-7. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Swaddling clothes described in the Bible consisted of a cloth tied together by bandage-like strips. After an infant was born, the umbilical cord was cut and tied, and then the baby was washed, rubbed with salt and oil, and wrapped with strips of cloth. These strips kept the newborn child warm and also ensured that the child's limbs would grow straight. And keep in mind, um, they were rubbed with salt and oil. I, I find it interesting that in the Wikipedia it added oil to it and that the fact that oil always represented the Holy Spirit. So they more or less dedicated their children before they were dedicated. Ezekiel 16.4 describes Israel as unswaddled, a metaphor for abandonment. Matthew 7.13-14 Enter ye in the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. 
Our limbs speak of our service and our walk. As Christians, we want his name on our mind and emotions. We want to enter in through the straight gate. As a Christian, we want to walk circumspectly with the Lord so that our lives can speak for itself before people around you. We need the salt of the Holy Spirit to preserve our service and our walk. We need the salt to make our decision to follow Christ permanent and durable, able to withstand the extreme amounts of harassment from the enemy, Satan and his cohorts, Revelation 12:11, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Salt does not melt, Leviticus 2:13. It has been common throughout history for people to confirm their agreements with each other by eating and drinking together, at which time salt is used. As salt was added to foods, not only for spice, but also to preserve them from decay, it became a symbol of incorruptibility and permanence. A covenant of salt signified an everlasting covenant. In the Bible, salt also came to symbolize purity, perfection, wisdom, hospitality, durability, and fidelity. This was given by Mike Ford. Next, it metaphorically represents fidelity, long-suffering, and loyalty. This addresses our relationships, our relationship with him and those around us. Exodus 21 through 17 referred to the... Uh, Ten Commandments tells us how to relate to him and one another. It is really a law of love. Exodus 20:13 through 16. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Think about it. Remember what Matthew 22:36-40 says. So ask yourself these questions. If you love yourself, would you steal from yourself? Would you cheat on yourself? Would you kill yourself? I would hope not. So if you wouldn't do those things in the Ten Commandments to yourself, why would you do it to those around you? There is an old saying that comes from this. A man is worth his salt. Are you worth your salt? Is your word good? Do you stick to your vows and promises? Exodus 5.5 5. Better it is it that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. Mike Ford says that a covenant of salt signified an everlasting covenant. Salt also came to symbolize purity, perfection, and wisdom. Jeremiah 32.40 And I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from them to do them good, but I will put my fear in their hearts, and they shall not depart from me. The Lord is perfect and wise. He is not slack concerning his promises. He does not lie nor repent. His word will not return to him void. Another example of a covenant is the one Laban made with Jacob, the Mitzvah prayer. Did you know that the divorce rate keeps climbing at an astronomical rate? Why? Because people do not honor their vows. They do not consider carefully who they are making a vow with. 
Then the moment the vow requires payment, people get uncomfortable and walk away. Remember, salvation is free, but the upkeep will cost you everything. Christ expects us to follow his example. Remember, he could have walked away from his purpose of going to Calvary's hill and redeeming all of mankind. He could have called legions of angels, but like he told Peter, we would have been left without any hope. Before you make a decision, you need to consider the cost. You need to make sure you have all the information. So if this message is spoken to you today, all the Lord is requiring of you is to make the necessary adjustments, repentance, and then begin to walk forward, asking yourself, where's the salt? Or where's the love in our walk with the Lord? Then let our light shine, the light of God's love shine. The only way to accomplish this is to let Christ live in you, become born again, if you aren't already. Then you will be able to walk in perfect love. This is how you can become a born-again Christian. Come broken over your sin before him. Call them out before him. Then ask for his forgiveness. As you forgive those who have sinned against you, then ask him to come into your heart to rule, reign inside of you, to be Lord over your life. Then thank him for this. This is truly how you can become a born-again Christian. I want to pray with you right now. This is just an outline. Remember, he wants a personal relationship with you. It has to be personal. Lord Jesus, I confess my sins and ask for your forgiveness. Please come into my heart as Lord and Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps daily by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and for answering my prayer. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Once again, thank you for joining me here today at my little house of prayer. I hope you enjoyed today's message and let it sink in. Ponder it. Be the salt of the earth today. I'll see you again tomorrow.